Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. On your nerve because they're trying to get you to rise up, to realize who God created you to be. For the Bible declares that heaven, earth, all of creation is waiting on you, the sons of God, to be manifested. The world is waiting on you to get it together. And the only way you're going to get it together is you start taking heed to the words that you hear come from God. God's a good God, and he's watching over his creation. He's watching over his word in order that it performs. Last Sunday, I, when I was up, I told you about the assignment that has requirements. One of the requirements was that you have to let your light shine before men so that they could see your good works. They had enough with your mess. They had enough with your issues. They had enough with you cussing them out, and you're supposed to be a, a, a child of God. You're supposed to be Christian, but you're acting like the devil. They had enough with that. God said, let your light so shine that they may see your good works and then glorify your God, your Father, which is in heaven. When you act a fool, there's no glory God can get out of that. So the next time you act a fool, just think about it. You just stole his glory. Next time somebody cuss you out and you cuss them back, you just stole God's glory. You just withheld from him what is rightfully his. It was your chance to shine. And so that they can see a change in your life. They can see that God is definitely at work in you. But because your emotions were higher than your God, you went there with them. I want to remind you, you cannot beat worldly folks cussing. You cannot do it. You cannot outcuss, and you in church. You cannot outcuss a, say, a sinner who's just out there in the world. Baby, they got words you never heard of. They have some words that while you're thinking about what they really meant, they got some more loaded up waiting on you. So don't even try it. Outlive them. Outshine them. If they're in darkness, then you shine into light. That's what the requirement is, that you let your good works, let your good deeds Shine before all men. When they see you, they realize there is a God in heaven. That's one of the requirements that we get that I have for you today. But I want to move forward and not recap everything. But I want to move forward and talk about the assignment has a purpose. The assignment has a purpose. Now, I believe that, I I believe God has a purpose for everything. He does nothing by accident. He always has a plan in mind. God had a plan for you to be here today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He had a plan designed for you. And there's others who he may have a plan for, and they may miss their plan, but God said, that's all right. I got it. Once you get on God's radar, once you get God's attention by accepting his son, you are then, may not know it, but you're on GPS. He's going to locate you no matter where you are and no matter what you do, he knows. When you make a turn, he knows. When you make the wrong turn, he knows. He'll send a message to you recalculating. He's trying to get another route to get you back to where he wants you to be at. And when you're so hard here, you won't listen, he'll let something come in your way and say, when you get a chance, you might want to take a U-turn. Some of you sitting out here right now, you need to take a U-turn. You're making a wrong decision. You've been thinking about this thing wrongly. You had not been listening to God, and you're getting off track. This is not a time to be distracted. This is not a time to go off course. This is not the time. This is not the season. You need to recalculate. 
your position and see what God's trying to tell you. Now, not all plans are known. God has a plan to get you on assignment, but not all plans are known. You may not know the plan, but God holds you accountable to being obedient. If you're willing and obedient, you can eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. I remember once when I was welding, and this job I had, we was welding. They gave me these big old pipes to weld, and I had to weld this big old metal beam around it. It looks senseless to me. It looks stupid. Why am I welding this stuff around? And, and make sure that you, you, know, you get it in a good because we don't want to break it. I'm like, man. So I welded it all the way around and welded it. And then they gave me these big old sprockets. You know, slide this thing over in the sprocket. I'm like, what the heck does this look like? This is crazy. I couldn't even lift it up. You had to have a crane to lift it up and you welding it. And I welded this stuff up. And I half-hearted to be welding it up because there were so many welds on it. And then I found out that they brought the blueprint out. And I saw part of a, a big old thing that they put this big old chain on to pull the anchor up out the bottom of the river. And I realized, oh, my God. I don't even know if I will that thing in all the spots. Because I didn't understand the purpose of it, I was half-heartedly welding it. So many of you all don't understand the purpose yet, so you half-heartedly live in your life. You're not living the way God called you to live, and you won't read the instructions. You're doing what you feel. And there's a lot of weight that this thing has to carry. There's a lot of weight on your shoulders, and you don't know it yet because you don't see the full picture. You don't see it all yet. So you have hazardly carrying yourself through this world. You don't realize that God told you to get in his word, study to show yourself approved. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You don't know that. You don't understand it. You don't feel the full weight of it, so you don't study like you should. Well, on down the line, there's a big old thing that's going to be called on by you to do. And because you hadn't studied and prepared yourself, you're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't know God woke you up at 3 o'clock. You know he was trying to get you to pray. But you were tired. You didn't want to pray. You didn't want to get up out of bed because it was, it was a little chill in the house. So, God, you think, I'm going to lay right here. Hallelujah. You're going back to sleep. You know he woke you up for a purpose. But because you didn't know the purpose, you got lazy. You don't know who life was hanging in the balance. You don't know who blessing was tied up into your obedience. As a church, we've gotten sleepy and lazy on God. We feel like we have an option now. And we fuss with our kids. We talk to them and we talk about them. The fact that you all act like you all, you all have a right to this. This entitlement is messing you up. Well, that's what you've gotten to. And I'm not fussing today. But as a church, we've gotten to the point that we feel we're entitled. You know what? We think we're entitled to grace. We think we're entitled to mercy. We feel like we can mess up, and because you God, you're going to forgive us because you God. So I can slip this one time. I can do it this one time. I can take a chance because you God. And I know how much you love me. You gave your only son for me. He died on a rugged cross for me, so I know you God. I can slip and you're still going to love me. I can mess up and you're still going to forgive me. Really. 
you know, God's been dealing with me about some stuff. And Lord knows I won't, <laughs> I have to check my motives. And I'm going to be honest with y'all today. I don't want to mess around have gotten this building and then can't pay for it. I don't want to have stand before God and say, I didn't get this, I didn't get that, I didn't do this. I don't want to be a failure. But most of all, in being a failure, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to tell you I got one thing from God and give you another. I'm going to tell you the truth. God dealt with me this week, and I can't be like everybody else. I don't know what they're doing or what they're saying. But I cannot, I cannot always come in here and teach you about how good God is. Let it sink in. Because whether you know it or not, if there's a good side, there's a bad side. And we don't tell you about the bad side because we don't want you leaving our church. There's a lot of churches out there open that you can go and hear the good stuff, the good news. Baby, yeah, there's some good news. But there's some bad news, too. Well, pastor, don't come here preaching hell, fire, and brimstone. You need to hear it. Because something needs to scare you out of your mess. Something needs to shake you to wake you up so that you realize this God that we serve is not playing. He is a just God. And some of you handle him like you want to you, you, like you handle him, not how he deserves to be handled with respect. The Bible said the last day there would be nothing sacred. And we've gotten to that point now. It's a sad indictment on the church. And we're going to do just like the world. We're going to wait till something bad happen before we wake up. We're going to give the devil a head start, and then we're going to try to catch up. It don't work like that. That ain't happening. I was reading some scriptures. I know there ain't none of, nothing on my text. I know that. I should have stuck with what God told me. But I don't, be want, I don't want to take a chance on being here by myself trying to pay this bill down. You know what? God going to do it regardless to who come in. Sometimes I have to encourage myself in the Lord. I, have, I get to a point and I, I realize that I'm getting off and getting off track because I don't want to hurt nobody feeling, you know, this prophetic edge that I've got. I don't need to step on that edge because that edge is sharper than it is two-edged sword. Well, guess what? It's cutting my tail up, so I'm going to cut you back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God's calling for us to wake up, to realize what we're doing, and stay put with where, we, where he placed us. He's not playing with us. He's a just God. And he's going to deal with us right where we are, whether you like it or not, whether I tell you or not, he is still God. And I can't stop him from being God. That's all he know how to be, is God. Yes, he's sovereign. He does what he wants to, when he wants to, and however he wants to. He does not need our permission. And if you come to church, there's always here the prosperity, prosperity, and this and that. I'm telling you, there's a hell to Sean. There's a hell out there that's real. And I forbid you to be a part of this church and live your life in a raggedy situation. 
And you might not come back today, but that's okay. At least I told you. I told you. I told you what he told me to tell you. Therefore, I am employed by God and not by you. And if I can't tell you the truth about you, who else going to tell you? Who else are you going to sit still long enough for them to tell you about you? They do it on your job. You're going to get your stuff and you're going to walk out. You're going to quit. Now, you're not going to quit. You want the money. You're going to go get uh, moved or replaced or, or ask for a transfer or something like that. Well, you might do the same thing here. You want to transfer? Uh-huh. Apply for it. But if God called you here and he's given me what to teach you, you are just like a tree that's been planted by the river of water. You should stay put. Don't leave because I'm, I, the wind is blowing and, and shaking your foundation. Baby, there's a fruit on you that has to fall to the ground. The fruit is not for you. It's for other people who need them. And sometimes I might have to shake you to get some of the bad fruit to fall off so the good fruit can come. Don't get mad at me, and you will be. Most of you all sitting here have an opportunity to be offended by what I say. I was talking to God about that this week, but God, you know, I don't want to offend your people. He said, look, offense will come. The moment you start telling people what's right, they're going to be offended. Because people love their old ways. When I started telling, the other week I told y'all, y'all weren't here, but I told the people to come in and move down and move over. And some people got offended. Just because I asked you to move down, you got offended? Really? Really? For real, though. <laughs> you, it, it wasn't you. It was that devil, but you was carrying him. You sat down there, you, you, you knew it wasn't you. And some of them probably left. Just because I told you to move down. There's, no, there's nothing sacred. I can't tell you nothing. In my house. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, Lord. Help me with it. God is always trying to create a way for us. And we don't realize it. We don't know it. When you get off track, you know what he does? He starts to create a way to get you back on track. He's always looking out what's best for you. He loves you so much that he don't want you to be lost out there. So he's always creating and looking out for you. When I told you about that tree that's planted by the river of the water, what I see in my spirit is a river that's always flowing, always flowing. And sometimes you have to get into that river. Don't worry about where it's going to take you. Trust God because it's going to take you where he wants you to be. The thing that you, that you must do is decide to get in the river or somebody needs to love you enough that they're going to push you in the river. But you need to get in that river of life that's flowing freely. Some of you all got hang-ups. You got heartaches. You want this. You mad at everybody because he won't marry you. You mad at everybody else because she did marry you. You mad at folk. I mean, all this stuff that's going on. Ain't nobody thinking about God and what God wants. And what God really wants us to do is get it together and get started on the plan that he called us to. Zechariah chapter 4. I'm going to give you this verse. Chapter 4, verse 10. 
from the New Living Translation. Don't despise these small what beginnings. Look, some of you all might not start on the top. Okay, everybody can't be on the top. Somebody got to be down here getting this thing going and get it moving. So you can't always be on the top. You can't start always on the top. But the small stuff that God gives you to do, that's the stuff that you all do. It works in the church, and it works on your job. I'm sorry, but everybody in here who got high positions, you didn't start at high position. You started down here with everybody else on the bottom. And you've been faithful, and faithfulness has rewarded you to another position. God wants you now to learn that the position that he's put you in, how many of you all are on jobs right now? Are you in a position where you can work or you meet people, come in contact with people? That's the position God wants you in. And you might not realize it, and it may be small in your eyesight, but God's looking so much farther down the road, and he realized, I'm going to set you before some great people. But I need you to learn some stuff first. He's gotten you in school or on an assignment where he can teach you something. The people you're hanging around, God wants you to round those people because iron going to sharpen iron. You need to get yourself ready for it. Watch this. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work be what begin. God is rejoicing when he starts to see you start acting like a Christian. When he starts seeing you saying no to some of this stuff. Some folks who are tempting you right now, God, I just need to see a sign that you're getting ready to do it my way. I just need a sign that you're going to lift up a standard. That's what he told Zerubbabel. He said, I see a plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. A plumb line. That's the thing that, that you use to measure a wall to see how straight it is. God said, I'm looking at this plumb line in your hand. I just need to see you just to show me that there's some kind of standard in your life. I put you in this small position because I want to see a standard in your life. If I can see you handle this position, I know I can move you to the next step. But some of you right now are not moving any farther in God because you will not lift up that plumb line. You won't do what you're supposed to do to show God that you're ready to move to the next step. You want God to promote you, and you won't even be faithful. You, God, you love me. That sounds just like your kids. Give me the car. You know I can drive. Yeah, but you ain't showing no responsibility. You come when you want to, you leave when you want to, you won't call, you won't let me know how you're doing, but you want me to give you a car. But you don't want to show no responsibility. You feel like you're entitled. This entitlement is destroying the church. You feel like you're entitled when you come into the house of God. But until you get to the point where you can humble yourself and realize that he is God all by himself and he does not need you, then you're ready to grow. The seven lamps represent the eyes of the Lord, which searches all around the world. At this point in time, God was just looking to find people, somebody who would do what he called them to do. Is he still looking today? Yes, he is. He's trying to find people who are willing to stand up and be Christ-like, to do what he called them to do. And as he do that, you may not understand it, but God has some stuff inside of you that's going to make a way for you that you don't even realize. He's already put something, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before God created you, in your mama's womb, he already knew you. He knew where you were going. He had a plan or destiny for your life. Watch this, verse, Proverbs 18, verse 16. 
A man's gift makes room for him. You hear that? That's the stuff that God's got inside you, baby, that he's designed to make room for you. If you get to that job, and it's not what you want it to be. It's not, it doesn't seem like it's all that. Well, it ain't meant to be. It's designed to put pressure on you so you can humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and watch him exalt you in due season. See, you got to a point now that you're so mad at the system and at the man that you want to quit. You want to leave. No, the thing that God placed you at, the place he puts you, is going to put pressure on you. He's trying to teach you something. Stop fussing and cussing. Learn to take it. Have some resiliency about you. Take a licking and keep on ticking. Don't let them know that they get next to you. He said, didn't you see how Jesus did it? He got all kind of persecution. But he still went on to that cross. The folks who said they loved him were spitting on him. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't really know what they're doing. They don't know that I'm God. They don't know who I am. These people who are coming against you, baby, it's just some people who are designed to get you to a point where you're going to hit your knees and get stronger. If it had not, David said best, if if I had not been afflicted, I never would have called on you. He said, but I thank you for the affliction because it had taught me to respect your ways. Some of y'all in here right now, you're in a hard situation right now, and God got you there. Why? Because you're on an assignment, and he has to strengthen you by weakening your knees. You cannot be as strong as God needs you to be unless you got something to pull against. Something's going to work your faith out. Something's going to make you call on God. Something's going to make you get up out of that bed at 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. When he call on you, he's expecting for you to move. He's expecting for you to do something. Some of you don't even realize it. you got a gift of, of, of songs inside of you. You can sing. You don't want to sing to nobody. But when you get them folks get on your nerve at that job, you're going to go to that bathroom. You're going to pretend you're in there using it, but you're going to be in there saying, hmm. you're going to be calling on you some Jesus. God going to get his worship out of you. If he placed that gift in you, he's going to get it out. It might be in your bedroom when ain't nobody there or in a lonely house where they done left you, but he's going to get what he got out of you. That gift was from God. And he put that gift in you because he knows where he wants you to be. From those whom he has predestined, predestined, predestined. You've been predestined. God has already decided where he wants you to be. He wants you to be with him, but not only be with him, but he wants you to bring some others on the road with you. It ain't enough, baby, when you're getting to know Jesus by yourself. (laughs) It ain't enough. I just know Jesus, and that's enough. It's just me and Jesus. Baby, that ain't enough. If that's the case, you might well go on to be with Jesus right now. Mm-mm. God wants you to influence those people that somebody else has been praying for. So he looked around. He found you. He put you on assignment. He gave you these gifts, and these gifts going to make room for you and set you before great men. You know what? With this little gift that I have, 
to try to make sure everybody happy. I, I just, I, you know, I just want to make sure everybody happy. Never mind what I want. You know, my kids take advantage of me now. They could just have just eaten, and maybe my wife didn't fix enough to go around for everybody to get three servings. <laughs> They've gotten their two, and I'm just getting my one. But they asked me for my one, and you know what I do? Give it to them. Yep, that's a good dad, ain't it? Mm-hmm, yeah. My wife said, that is foolish. <laughs> they fool and they all they can, now you're going to give them yours. I try to get her to give them. The devil is a lie. <laughs> God wants us to be able to understand that the way he created us and designed us that all you need is already in you. But some of you are not going to do nothing unless pressure hits you. And when that pressure hits you, you're going to turn to the only help that you know, and that is to the Lord. You're going to go and pray, and then God's going to start busting loose inside of you. He's going to break you free, and you're going to start saying, I can do this. I can be a better person. I can be a better husband. I can be a better mother. I can be a better father. I can't I, you know, can come out of this debt. You know what? I don't have to have that every new car to come along. I'm happy with what I've got. I don't have to be high and mighty because he's already high and mighty, and he lives in me. There's some kind of way God's giving you a gift that's going to set you before great men. I'm telling you the truth. The people that I, I see right now that's in my, in my circle, I'm always wondering about, God, what are you doing? Because I see him doing such a great thing. And people that, I, Lord, no, leave that alone. But if I had fussed and complained and acted the way those folks wanted me to act when I was in industrial air, I'd probably be still there today. I wouldn't have learned my lesson. But when I told, when that man looked at me in my face, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting everybody around there certified. I'm doing stuff I'm not even supposed to be doing just so that this company can get more business. And then I asked for a raise, and he told me, before I leave you a raise, I'll lower everybody's pay in this shop. I told God he had a problem. And when I humbled myself, my gifts began to make room for me. I didn't fuss. I didn't cuss. I still talked to him with respect. Oh, was I mad? Heck yeah, I was mad. Was I upset? I was boiling. You could have put a pot on me, and it would have boiled before it got to me. But I didn't let them know what they were getting next to me. We need you to go over there and do this. Yes, sir. Last thing that they told me to do was a little old pipe about this big that was stainless. And I'm the only somebody who could wear stainless steel. Told me, you need to crawl up in that pipe and weld that pipe on the inside. Oh, I knew the devil was alive. I didn't know how I was going to handle this. And here I am, the supervisor. I said, I'm going to get one of these guys. No, we want you to do it. I said, God, you know I have asthma. You know, I didn't ask for healing. I started telling what I had. Because I didn't want to get in that pipe. So I began to tell God what I had. And you know what God did? God took me out of that place before the time came where I had to do that pipe on the inside and put me in my own business. All because I humbled myself and did it his way 
instead of doing it my way. Some of you all are stuck where you are because you won't do it his way. Your gifts cannot manifest because you won't do it his way. And you'll be ever stuck right there, even though God has a plan for you to be up here, but because you won't do it his way, you won't acknowledge him, you act like you got yourself there, you act like you're keeping yourself, and you won't have the the decency to get on your knee and acknowledge who he is. You're being stubborn, and you will stay in that condition, in that situation. So God has gifted you with gifts, and they make room for you. And bring you before great men. Every one of business, every one of these businesses that I have, God has set me before great men. Great men, men of God. Brother Webb, can I, can I say? I got, can I say something about you, for Brother Webb knew me from way back at the old church we used to go to. But Brother Webb has an awesome responsibility. No, don't y'all. I put you out there now. He has an awesome responsibility at the job that he works on. I won't call the job off. Years ago, he gave me an opportunity to, to cut some hay for him, some grass that was real tall. You know what? I was looking at that like, man, I'm, you know, we got some nice equipment. But I said, you know what? This man is a tool that God's using to get me where I need to be. And so I grabbed a little tractor from somebody. I don't know where we got it from. But we went down there at Walter Simmons. That was Walter Simmons, wasn't it? And cut all that tall grass down there. Snakes and bugs and everything you want to call it was down there. But when I got through with it, I realized that God went after me to cut that. He was trying to get him where he needed him to be. The other day I was sitting back there thinking I watched him minister. And the other day he had ministered and I told him, I said, no, I ain't going to let you do it this way. I said, I, and I know Brother Webb. I let him minister a couple times. And I always try you out before I put you there. And Brother Webb was up there and he was doing, he used about, 15, 30, 40, 50 minutes or whatever. And I told him, I said, man, you sure long-winded, but you all right. When he got ready to teach this time, I told him, I said, now, how many scripts you got? He said, I got eight. I said, nope. Can't use no eight, but well. But well, I said, I got three. I said, let me see the three you got. Watch this. He could have very easily said, you know what? I helped you. I did this. I did that. But you know what Brother Well did? He humbled himself and said, Pastor, what do you need? And when I saw that calling on his life, I said, okay, Brother Webb, I want to give you a chance now to minister to the people. Brother Webb, you got to 1215. <laughs> you know what Brother Webb did? He stopped at 1212. He didn't even use, or even lost less than that. He didn't even use the time. He was so respectful of me and what I gave him that he didn't want to abuse it. It started off as a little old assignment to cut some old dirty, tall grass that was up to here. But God used me to be a blessing to him, to get him to acknowledge what God was doing in his life. Now, I know you probably just missed the whole thing, but some of you right now, God is using you, not so much that you can get the glory, but he's positioned somebody else to be blessed by you. It could be that person right beside you that God's trying to bless. He just came through you. He hooked you up the best way he could. Watch this next scripture. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things, all things, 
Some of you right now, and I can say this, you, you've been upset with me. You thought about doing it your way. You couldn't take the rejection that Brother Webb did. You didn't want me to tell you what to do when God gave you this and God gave you that. But, baby, this was testing time. And you got to learn how to shut up and follow somebody's lead. You are on an assignment. Baby, your destiny could be tied up in me. And you're going to get mad because I correct you, or you're going to get mad because of my old ways is getting in the way of what God wants to do. You have to be patient and go tell God on me. Don't get out of alignment. Don't mess up your blessing because I'm being the fool. Let God. You know what? When Elijah messed up, God told him to go be a blessing, do, go challenge these gods and all this stuff. But Elijah ran up on Jezebel, got scared, and pulled back. Went off and hid and told God he was the only somebody out there. And God said, no, that's a lie. He said, I got 700 prophets who ain't bowed down near the bell yet. No, you just weak in your area, and you won't make me look bad. He said, I tell you what, go down there and find Elijah, because I'm anointing him in your stead. Instead of you doing this job, I've got somebody else who's going to do it. Elijah, I'm going to fire you, but I'm going to leave you on the job. I need you to go train Elisha on what's next. Some of y'all in here right now, you're fired, but you're still on the job. You're miserable. You wish you could leave, but you can't. You're fired, and only God can do that. If Express fire you, you're going to pack your bags and you're going to go home. God fire you, you're going to keep doing what he tells you to do. Without the anointing, without any benefits, because you are in rebellion, not God. God got Elijah. That makes sense to you now why he got that cloak, came and just threw it on that boy and just walked away. He had an attitude. Some of you are right now, then your attitude block your possession, block what God has for you, blocking your assignment because your attitude is off. You mad, and you don't care who know it. Don't you realize your disappointment, your heartache, your pain, me correcting you, is going to work together for your good? Do you realize it's going to work together? When I put pressure on you tell you, well, I miss you this Sunday, you get mad. You're going to miss me next Sunday too. Well, that's you. You the fool. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to give you what God's given me. And you don't want to come and listen. You don't want to hear it. Mm-mm. And nobody got to go to church that much. When I, go, when I grew up, I went to church the first and third Sunday. And that was enough. Uh-huh. Now you want me to come four times a month? All things work together for the good. For those who love the Lord and who are called according to your purpose. Mm-hmm. His purpose. The reason why y'all can't get, why some people can't get any farther in their ministry is because you're still doing it for yourself. And if God lets you keep that mindset, you're going to ruin the people of God. You're going to be in ministry just for yourself. For what you can get out of it, you will become a hireling. 
and God forbid. Your assignment is bigger than you. Your assignment has a purpose. And that purpose that God has in mind is to get you ready to do what you don't even realize what's going to happen right now. Next scripture real quick, and I'm going to let you go. King James says this. For promotion coming neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He put one down and, and set up another. He put one on his knees and put the other in the high seat. Can nobody, you cannot, you cannot sugarcoat me. You cannot buy me. You cannot do this because God, that is not going to get you a position in here. Just like it won't get you a position where you are. God's the only somebody who can get you where you need to be. Last scripture. Psalms 37, verse 1 through 5. Stop worrying about people who you see that are advancing, getting ahead of you, who are doing all this dirt, and they're still making it. Your assignment is not based on them. Your assignment is based on your purpose. Don't you dare mess up because somebody else is getting over. Don't you be no fool. You got so much more in you, and you mad, you upset, you twisted, because it looks like God's blessing they mess. Don't worry about the wicked. Or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they will soon fade away. The blessing is going to be cut off. They're going to stop prospering. Like spring flowers, they will wither. The devil is going to show you everything out there to try to get you off track. He's a deceiver. He's going to make you think that what they're doing is all that. And it ain't. That's the trick that he's using in the last days to send apostasy through the church. That's why people are leaving the church in groves. They think that everybody else out there is getting away with it, and then they know better, but then they try to go do it. Baby, you can't afford that. You can't get off track. It's not the time to go off course. This, time, this thing is winding down. And the devil is pulling out every trick he can to empty the church. This is what you got to do. Trust in the Lord. And what? Do good. Do good. Baby, you know what's right. You know what's right. Don't let nobody else make you do what's wrong. Trust in the Lord. Trust in him. And do good. Then you will live safely in the land and what? Not only are you going to live in the land safely, but you're going to prosper. Take the light in the Lord, and he will do what? Do you hear this? These are promises from God. There's a reason why you're going through this heartache. There's a reason why you do He wants you to start to get to know him. Get your mind off of what everybody else is doing and who everybody else say that they are, what all they're doing, and start focusing on him. Pray to him. I have a question. It's a dangerous question, but I'm going to ask it. How many of you in here that God has been unfaithful to? For you to answer, for you answer before you answer it, look back over your life and think about when he wasn't faithful. 
Now, how many in here that God's been unfaithful to? Wait a minute now. I know it's got to be one. You mean to tell me that he has not been unfaithful to anybody? Remember when you was in that heartache and that trial and you thought you were? Oh, oh, but you got over it though, didn't you? I remember that time when there was no way and you thought you were, but he brought you through. What about that time when, when they, no, no, they, they didn't do it. That time when they fired you and you thought it was going, it didn't happen, did it? But, but, but the doctor said that that, that love wasn't going, but they made it though, didn't they? There's got to be somebody in here. I mean, he's been around too long. There has to be some error somewhere. He has to have slipped sometime. He had to have slumbered somewhere. He can't be faithful all the time, can he? I mean, he can't deliver you every time, can he? Come on now. How can, this, how can he be that accurate? Every time you mess up, you deserve to be punished. He came through. How is that? Well, let me ask you this. If you can look back over your life and call him faithful, why are you worried now? How can you wonder about him now if his record is faithful? If his record is true? If he had not ever lost a case, how can you doubt him now? How can you turn back now to a world of sin? How can you go back to your old ways? How can you miss this assignment? I call him faithful. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him. And he will help you. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Bow your head. Let's pray. I don't know where your assignment will take you, but I know you'll end up in his will. My prayer is today that we hold on because the shaking has begun. There are people who will be leaving the church, who will walk out because they're offended, who will walk out because they want their own way. For any reason, it does not have to be a good one, but they will walk away from the church. So many times we've been looking at what the scriptures say, that the son of of prediction, the Antichrist, will be revealed, but there first must be a falling away. We're looking at the Antichrist, who he's going to be, but God said, watch the falling away. When you see the churches starting to get empty, that's a sign that the Lord is on his way. I pray to God that you stay faithful. I don't know what the devil's going to try to do to pull you out, but I know he's going to try. He's going to try to deceive you. He's going to make you think that the ushers are against you. 
that the parking lot people don't want you on the lot. That pastor won't let you preach. He won't let you teach. He won't let you pray. I don't know what attack he's going to bring your way. But there will be an attack. There will be the fiery darts that will hit your mind. But I challenge you today to be resilient. Take that licking, but keep on ticking. Stay put. Stay focused. You may have to adjust. You may have to realign yourself, but you stay focused. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the developer of your faith. Stop running. You will pick up that vagabond spirit out there in that world if you keep running. Stay put somewhere and stop thinking that the church is out to get you. No, God is out to get you, baby. Father, I pray now for you. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.